Hey everyone, welcome to Unrefined Women. I am your co-host Agnes. And I'm the other co-host Margaret. This conversation is an ongoing dialogue between two sisters on the topics of spirituality, religious trauma, mental health, family dynamics, and feminism. We're very grateful you could join us today. This week's episode is on spirituality and religious trauma. I'm not sure yet what we're going to call this episode or really what to say what it's about, but I think this is a a sort of um, checking up on each other and where we are spiritually and um, being real about it because we're not the type of people where we're on here and saying, you know, I did this and this spiritually and, and we're doing so amazing. And, and instead we're saying, these are, the, you know, the, the, these are the things that I am succeeding at spiritually, but these are also the things that I'm struggling with. And being able to identify that and also go back and, and uh, look at the religious trauma that has affected us and, and how that affects our spirituality now. Yeah. I think like for this, you and I both went through a move um, right around the same time about three months ago. So I think it's kind of cool that we both opened up this episode talking about how, and we hadn't even talked about this before, but how you and I this week have really been in that mindset of um, being very conscious of the spaces we reside in and the types of energies mm-hmm. that can become lodged in there and um, impact us, impact our spiritual health. So I thought that yeah. was kind of cool. Um But yeah, I think it was so interesting too, how we kind of went back a little bit in time and reflected on the different aspects of religion that we did find really beautiful and what we're missing in that. And and the sadness and anger that we do feel now over the loss of that and uh, over the loss of, of having a spiritual community and you know, some of the practices that you and I have both been kind of reclaiming that come from Mm -hmm. religion, but that we're reclaiming it for ourselves outside of the confines of religion. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I don't know. I feel really good about this. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, we hope you all enjoy this episode. have a business idea <laughs> okay I'm scared it's so stupid <laughs> so let's talk about apartment living right I feel because of this episode's about spirituality and I feel like the, the last few days I've really been tuning into how I feel in my home and I, I live in like a a town home like it's two stories but it's like a, it's an apartment basically Margaret has this shocked look on her face okay but Margaret you've lived in no because no I my shocked look is because you just said that you the last few days you've been like tuning into like how you feel in your home you and I have not talked about this, but I shit you not. That is exactly the mindset that I have been in. So much so that literally yesterday, I designated like three hours to like physically clean my house and spiritually cleanse my house. And I did like a whole bunch of fucking spells up in here because this shit needed to be cleared. <laughs> yes. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. I'm just shocked because like literally you and I are on the same wavelength. Oh, yeah. to a And we haven't even really <laughs> talked about that too. That's so funny. No, we haven't. Okay. Sorry. Continue. So I've been, so Patrick right now is off in California on his military training. So I've been all alone with my dog for like three days And I don't mind like being alone. Like it's healthy to like have that space, especially when you live with your partner. However, it makes you like more attuned to like your home and just like your surroundings and the things that you feel and whatever. And so like I'll come home from work and like have to find things to do by myself. But a lot of that has been like me being at home doing homework and whatnot. So I've just been really like kind of noticing it's it's like digging into your brain and like finding this like subconscious like feeling of like how do I like feel in these walls of my home and it's it's like this unfamiliar feeling not I mean I've only been living here for like three months so you know it makes sense that I would be unfamiliar however I also feel the energy in my home 
of the people that lived before me in my apartment. So mm-hmm. then that gets me like really thinking about like how everybody, unless you live in like a brand new, which I'll actually get into. So it, pretty much everybody lives in like something that someone has lived in before, except if you, you know, spend more money and you buy or you're in a, a brand new apartment complex or you buy and the same thing goes for homes or you buy a brand new home. And then we can also look into who built the home and like, what were the intentions of the home? Like, it's almost like a spell. Like you make this home, you put the pieces together, but like what kind of energy is like going in between the bricks and the wood and the the cement, like what's actually going in that, in the home? Like what's like almost mm. like physically, cause energy can be physical. Like it's like manifesting into this house or this, you know, where yeah. you reside. And my husband, he works in construction. He's been working in construction for like three or four years. And I hear stories. I see the way that it is for construction workers. And they bring like a six pack of beer and they're all like just acting stupid. And it's just a bunch of like immature people that just like are just throwing this fucking house together because they want to get their 40 hours. And it's also like a like a like a um, societal thing like the demand of homes like oh we gotta throw up this new suburb in like nine months and have all of these cookie cutter homes and you know so that a company can profit off of it and I just really start like thinking about the energy that is really like manifesting into where people are going to live because, you know, we can go drive somewhere or go be somewhere that fills us up and makes us feel good or, or recharges like our energy. Um, but you're at home like more than that. So when you're at home, it's like you're literally just like your floor, your ceiling, your walls, like you're sitting and whatever energy the person be- before the people before you like manifested into your home and then the same thing with the people that built your home so <laughs> i know this is probably going to cause people like existential crises because they're going to like be <laughs> sitting there like what the fuck however now i have this <laughs> business idea where i'm like someone should create a like either like a an apartment complex or a a community or like a construction business where like where it's like spiritually uh like directed if that makes sense so like everybody Mm. like it sounds so fucked up (laughs) like everyone comes to work and they have like healthy work hours they get paid like a healthy wage and the whole oh, you're talking about like how you're talking about how every business should be run, but yeah, it's not because yeah. of capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> but like we're literally like they they built build these homes with like spiritual intentions and like fucking sage out the place and like everyone is is happy and healthy and and everything about the building of the community is in a healthy way but then also like with the complex like going forward like my complex for example has like a kids club so they have like people they have like like programs like organizations like kids can go it's a community sort of thing so if like like uh, apartment complex had like almost like a spiritual community not in like a like Mm -hmm. a um organized religion sort of thing but like a once a month they have like a stargazing thing or like a bonfire or like a sage burning or like something like that where people can get together and like just bring good energy together and then that manifests like into the home so like people aren't just like fucking it's like sitting in like filth but it's like energy so anyways that's Mm -hmm. my shark tank idea if someone steals it, I'll come find you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, but I, I don't, I think that you're speaking about something that I see a lot of people in their own way kind of contemplating right now, because I feel like so many people are just fed up with society and uh, maybe it's just like me. And then I just manifest people in my life that are in the same 
uh, thought bubble. But this whole like f this, like we just want to leave society. Like just just give me my homestead plot of land and let me just live off the land with a few other friends and family yeah. and just leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> like so, I I feel like so like myself and then so many people in my circle are kind of in that mindset where we're just like f this. Like mm-hmm. society's so fucked. We're so tired of trying to fix all of these issues just we're tired like let's just like live yeah. in peace <laughs> that's how patrick um, feels so yeah yeah that's how patrick oh, feels like yeah. i was telling you the other day he's like fuck this shit i want to go get a cat build myself a cabin in the middle of the woods and yeah, just right? go hide from everyone <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's so strange we've been thinking about that because um yeah, I've been like noticing that because we went through our whole transition of moving and renovating our fifth wheel and moving into it. And I feel like Casey and I talk about this, but I feel like we're really having a hard time. Like even not even three months into this, we're really having a hard time with just getting our nervous systems regulated again. Like that was so fucking stressful what we went through. And I feel like we're still on edge. Like it's better than it was a month ago, but it's like, we're so on edge still. And like the smallest things are triggering us and just making us so stressed out and like stepping at everyone and everything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I I think about us doing the renovations. Like, yes, like as you said, someone back in 2005 built this fifth wheel, you know, probably in a factory or something. And then Casey's mom and Casey's, well, Casey's parents bought it. And then Casey's dad actually passed away like a year after they purchased this. Um, You know, and then Casey's mom traveled around in it. And, you know, she, she had a couple of partners during those times. And, you know, so it's been in the family, but then we took it. And we did the whole remodel on it, which was really, really stressful. And I just think about all the th- all the work that we did in here while we were stressed. Like I painted every square inch of this entire fifth wheel. And when I tell you that I hated every second of that, like the, the level of hate that I had in painting, because I hate painting, like that is now, I'm surrounded by that. I'm surrounded by all the hate and all the crying and all the stress <laughs> that I was going through because I hate fucking painting. And then like doing the flooring, how stressful the flooring was. And we were just like fighting the whole way through the flooring. And I'm like, damn, like all that energy was in our remodel and now we're living in it and we're just like stressed. And I'm like, ooh, I need to like really clean this place out. And, mm-hmm. and I did yesterday and we'll see how it goes. But um, there was a lot of stuff. I, yeah. I, I Like I spent three hours. I spent three hours. Like I was doing everything. Like I... I was desperate to the point that I was even doing like Christian, like Catholic house, like house, like when priests come to your house with the holy water and recite all the prayers about Jesus. I'm like, I'm doing that too. I don't give a fuck. I'm doing everything. I'm praying to Jesus, to God. (laughs) I'm calling on all the angels. I'm calling on all the the goddesses. Like (laughs) I'm doing every pagan, every Christian ritual. I'm just doing it all. And whatever works, works. Actually, so I want to touch on that for a second because I I wanted to talk about that too. So two things. I'm probably going to forget one of them. So (laughs) the first thing is how you're saying you're you're doing like Christian Catholic rituals. I actually falling or or not being part of that religion anymore. I am able to look at those rituals and actually have the same sort of hold the same value for them, such Mm -hmm. as holding value for for pagan rituals because mm-hmm. it is the same thing and you yeah. are praying to a different god sort like in the in 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 an earth earthly level like how on like humans have created these different versions of god and different cultures practice it and and view it in a different way however all of that energy is also going to the same energy, the same source. So I feel like regardless of how you're doing it, you're really just adapting another culture. And I think that like, mm-hmm. yes, last night I was meditating and in the middle of my in my meditation, I felt my hands come together in prayer. And I thought to myself, like, this is so weird. Like I haven't done that in years. Like I, I, I almost like feel like it's wrong. And then I felt myself starting to pray to a Catholic 
quote unquote version of God. And I'm like, this is so weird. Like I've not, I haven't done this in years. Um, however, I was like, you know what, like, this is what I feel called to. And if I feel that the sense of praying to God or the source, uh, directed through this cultural channel, there's nothing wrong with that. And that is the same thing Mm -hmm. as like meditation or any sort of prayer. Like you're just speaking to God in different languages. And I think that's super fucking cool. I agree. Cause I think in the last year I've tried to re-examine my relationship with Catholicism and really, and not in the way that like I plan on going back to church and, and being like identifying as a Catholic again, but there are certain rituals that Catholics do. There are certain prayers. There's certain things that I think really are beautiful Mm -hmm. and do have value. And I'm trying to re-examine my relationship with those aspects of Catholicism and trying to reclaim that in a way like, hey, like, I don't need to be a parishioner at a church. I do not need to be um, following all of the ridiculous rules to be able to have a relationship with God and to be able to say those prayers. Like the Catholic church doesn't fucking own those prayers. Um, really it's just an institution that has been created. And honestly, if, if Jesus came back down to earth, I think he would, uh, shit a brick and go into the Vatican (laughs) and throw all that shit out and be like, you have desecrated my father's house, (laughs) you know? So like Jesus didn't go to church. Jesus went to, into people's homes and they pr- and prayed with people or, or, you know, broke bread with people. Like you, you didn't go to church every Sunday. There wasn't all this bullshit we have now. So it's more of that getting in, in touch with Jesus um, and the way Jesus lived, which um, really uh, I don't see most Catholics or Christians actually living and, and, uh, preaching the way Jesus did. In fact, uh, if when we live and and talk the way Jesus did, we're called communists now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if we're being really honest, so I'm trying to just reclaim those parts of Catholicism and just following my intuition, what I'm being called to. And it's like, you know what? I, I can say these prayers. I can talk to um, the Catholic version of God, I can do all that and not have to be a Catholic and not have to go through all of the, um, all of the controlling, uh, patriarchal systems that have now come to fruition. That is the Catholic church. Absolutely. I think I've also really been, um, thinking about that as well. And um, I, I guess another example of this outside of Catholicism would be Judaism. So there's this reality mm-hmm. show on Netflix. It's just dumb. Sometimes I like watching reality because it's just like you're just like mindlessly watching drama. <laughs> but there's this show on Netflix is called My Unorthodox Life. And it's about a fundamental uh, Jewish family that broke away. The mother divorced her husband left the town um, in New York and she started her own empire and now they're like millionaire, like multimillionaires and they live in New York and it's their whole life. But she still has um, kids and family that are still living in this town and very absorbed in this um, racist and and sexist uh, community of Judaism, like fundamentalism. So as I'm watching the show, I also do see that, the, you know, the mother, the main, main character, I mean, it's a reality show, and the um, kids still, they, they are breaking away from the fundamentalism. However, they are able to still find a healthy relationship with the religion and a means of culture. So speaking and the language and, and referring to people within the, like in that language, um, and like going and seeing family, like on, on Jewish holidays, practicing Jewish holidays, but able to recognize that this is a culture and God has given us this culture and it is a great practice to, um, value these cultures and, and, you know, celebrate the holidays and the rituals and everything, but to also be grounded in the universalism 
is that the word you know universalism <laughs> of, I think so yeah whatever uh of religion and also understand that you don't need to be in a fundamentalist religion or cult in order to properly worship God or to properly or or to go to heaven or or whether you go to hell or not. I think that that is just a a fear based. It's like it's like companies, like how a company will tell you if you don't buy our product then this and this will happen to you. And if you do buy our product then this and this you like you'll benefit from it. That's literally what religion is. That like nothing in the Bible and nothing from God is telling us that we have to conform in our case to Catholicism. In fact, Catholicism isn't even fucking mentioned in the Bible. So it, yeah, it, it's a business basically when, when we come down to organized religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, I wonder if there's people that feel safe in that, like, oh, if I just follow these rules, then I'll get to heaven. It's almost right. like the Catholic church is, the Catholic church is selling heaven essentially, right, like right. follow this rule book and then you'll go to heaven. And, yeah. you know, I, I guess for some people it, there's a comfort in that like oh if I just do all this I'll go to heaven and and they and then they can sleep at night and they don't have to worry about it because someone else is telling them how to live their life and how to do it properly and I think what I'm I'm hearing from you and like what my experience has been is that like that was not fulfilling to me in fact I found that to be a barrier to having a spiritual connection with God I never in my life experienced anything spiritual. I never felt a connection to God. I never felt anything divine when I was Catholic and going through all of the rituals of Catholicism and going to church and praying the rosary. I never felt that divine connection after leaving religion and after going through a whole stint of atheism because I was so burned and traumatized from it. Um, only then that I have a spiritual awakening and only now outside of the confines, I'm, I'm going to use that word confines of religion or organized religion. Am I able to actually like feel connected to God and, and be able to follow what feels appropriate to me? And and if using some of those prayers is appropriate, so be it. Um, but I mean, you're, you're right. It's just like, I think that there's like a whole, there's like a whole business here mm-hmm. and, and we're selling heaven. And I think for, as I, I got lost, but what I was going to say is that <laughs> what I'm hearing from you, what, I, what I've experienced too, is that that didn't work for me. And what works for me is venturing out into the wilderness on my own and connecting with God and, and not going through the church. But it's like, I'm just, I'm going to connect me and God are going to connect directly. Like yeah. I, I don't need to go through the church for that to happen. Yeah. Um, and that's that works for me and yeah I don't know can't, I can't remember what else I was gonna say <laughs> I feel like the most painful part of this whole thing for me is that I kind of had a little bit of an opposite experience as you because when I was um, part of Catholicism or felt the need to practice it and continue that journey uh, up until I was probably like 16 or 17 um, I felt very spiritual just because I'm, I'm, I know myself, like I'm very, uh, I guess sentimental when it comes to like energies and stuff. So I've always been, I guess you could say like connected to that higher realm since I was very young. So I would find ways around it, like, you know, being in church and being able to, um, look past the trauma of the church and find that connection with God. And that was so Mm -hmm. profound for me when I, when I left the church, I went through an awkward phase of, I don't know what I believe in. And I, I knew that I want, like I was spiritual, but I didn't like know how to be spiritual, which is like another like funny thing. Cause it's like, okay, but like, that's like a whole thing. Like you don't need to know how to be spiritual. Like you just are. So um, and, and then I started practicing more spirituality and then now I'm on the road I'm in, at now and I still feel the same connection with God. I don't feel like my relationship with God when I was sitting in church when I was whatever, 15 years old versus me now meditating or doing what my, my whatever I do in a spiritual way. And as an adult now, like sometimes I I look at like, especially holidays are kind of hard for me because 
for for Catholics during holidays, it was we would go to church or there was like a specific. I, I remember like Christmas, there was um, during Advent, we would do the Advent candles and um, there were a lot of extra things that came along with that for going to church and a lot of um, religious uh, religious uh, rituals that we would do. And those are very nostalgic to me. Uh, you know, my dad was always fucking crazy during all of that, which caused trauma. However, mm-hmm. like it was nice. Like it was cool to experience that extra um, education when it came to Christmas and, and the values behind it. So as an adult now, like I almost feel like that has been taken away from me and I'm no longer able to experience that. But if I want to experience it and I, and I choose to go and experience that, like go to church or, 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 uh, do those rituals myself, I think that would just be too traumatic for me. And I, yeah, I have gone to church maybe like twice since I left the church just because of like funerals or, or whatever. Um, but even those experiences, it's like, I, I love the idea. Like it must be so nice to go into that like heavenly space of church. And a lot of churches that I've been to are beautiful and historical and it's, it's like a beautiful experience. But I know that like, at least the times that I have gone back into it, it felt traumatizing. And I feel like that's where I feel angry because I felt, I feel like that was taken from me. Oh my gosh, I really, really feel that. Oh, because yeah, like I do, like when Christmas time comes around, like I miss the whole, like the beautiful ritual of having the Advent wreath and the Mm -hmm. candles and the prayers because there was something about like it forces you to pause all the stress of life and be able to just be in the moment Mm -hmm. in this sacred space And then even like, you know, going to midnight mass, like just how beautiful that is. Like I do miss that and and feeling part of a community. I I miss that element of it. And I think like I never really felt, again, like for me, it was more of like a community thing and just a pausing um, in life, but I still didn't feel really the connection to God. And And I think my, the reason why I struggle with that was, I was so scared my whole childhood, like, like really hell terrified the shit out of me. Um, I lived in such constant fear about hell. And, and like, we know this now about like the psychology of fear, what that does to people's minds, especially a young child. If you're in fear, it's really, really hard to experience anything past that. It's really hard to connect to good to good things. It's really hard to um, to have that spiritual connection when your brain is trapped in fear, and that's what I experienced within the Catholic Church. Um, and so I, I, that's where I feel like the church really robbed me. Was I lived my childhood just fucking terrified. Um, and I was terrified of God because it's that whole thing of, oh, God loves you. But if you do this wrong, these really stupid, trivial things wrong, then you're going to go to, then he's going to send you to hell. And then that's like what I learned about love. And that makes me angry too, because it's fucked up my whole relationship with love. It's conditional then. Like I love you until you do this and then, and then you have to now be punished for it. So I, I feel robbed in that way. And I also just feel like too in church, like, like taking confession as an example, like in the Catholic church, it's not like you can do as they commit a sin and then you can like go in your room and kneel down and pray to God and apologize and feel remorse. Like that doesn't work in the Catholic church. You have to go through this man, the priest, he can absolve you of your sins through God. And, or, or God can absolve you of your sins through the priest. It's like, it's almost like we're not worthy enough of having that connection with God. We have to go through the church. We have to go through these men and these patriarchal positions. Only then can we receive the grace of God. And I'm like, no, fuck that. Like I can talk to God. I am worthy enough to communicate with God. I don't need to Mm -hmm. go through this man to do it. Yeah. And And that's, and so I feel, 
I feel loss over the community in church. Um, I mean, and not that I ever had a great community because most of the communities I were exposed to are so diseased with the toxicity of the Catholic Church that it's just this like judgmental place where everyone's just judging each other to make themselves feel better. Like, oh, well, that person committed that sin. So that means that I must be better than them. So I'm going to heaven. and I'm just going to sleep on that tonight and feel good about myself. So so I, I but I miss what I guess it's the loss of like what could have been of what church is supposed to be and it's supposed to be that community of coming together and supporting one another through this and recognizing the divinity in each person and there have been times in the last year where I've thought about that like wishing that I could partake in the beautiful ceremonies of the church but I realize I can't because I technically live in sin. I live with a person that I'm not married to. You know, it's like I go down the list of my, like my entire lifestyle, according to the church, is a sin. And the church is not inclusive. The church does not practice what Jesus practiced. Jesus, you know, he, he his friends were the poor, the criminals, the prostitutes, the, the lepers, the sick. Like Jesus was friends with everybody that you weren't supposed to be friends with. The church is not like that. The church is the church is not open to anyone within the LGBTQ community. In fact, it's a very harmful environment for anyone within the LGBTQ community. Unless you are following to a T all the rules they tell you you have to follow, you're not welcome. And my lifestyle is not a welcome lifestyle in the church. So I feel not welcome there. And it makes me sad and it makes me angry that I can't participate in those beautiful ceremonies because, uh, you know, I'm not following the rules properly. And I think that's why it's like I'm, I'm in the wilderness right now and I'm trying to do it on my own, which kind of sucks. You know, I'm trying to say the prayers that I miss. I'm trying to pray to God. I'm trying to do the ceremonies that I miss on my own because I have no other choice. I'm not welcome in the church. I really feel that though, because the last time that I went to church um, was a few months ago for a funeral and it was a traditional Latin mass Catholic church. So it was very, very strict. Like it's not your, your normal ca- I just, I mean, I'm sure you've heard in our other episodes, but there was a, there's a huge difference between like modern Catholicism versus the Catholicism that we were raised in. And that like I went to high school with, and that a lot of people that I know in my family is part of, it's a lot more culty. <laughs> so Yep. I, I remember going to the funeral and I was wearing a black dress and it's definitely something I never would have worn in the past, but I was, I'm just at a point now where I don't really care. It was like kind of tighter. Um, and I had like a sweater on cause it was sleeveless and the looks that I got for wearing the dress. And I really didn't think it was that bad. I was like, okay, I know this is like cutting it, but like, I also don't go to church and they know like the people there will know that. And so they're probably not going to care, but then going, and then people are just staring at your body. And that's another thing too, is, is, you know, the whole thing around modesty is that you can't, you have to dress a certain way so you don't tempt someone. Right. But if you wear something quote unquote tempting and you wear it everyone just like looks you up and down like a canvas like they just want to like look at every curve every body part that you're showing and I I it's almost like they frame that as judgment but it's like no like you're filling up your cup of uh of temptation you're looking at my body and 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 in an objectifying way yes yes you're objectifying me and probably if you're a man or or if you're gay or whatever looking at my body and you're probably sexualizing it or I mean pretty yeah everyone's sexualizing it but then that's my burden to carry and then it's like someone will whisper to me oh Agnes why are you wearing that do you think you could have picked something a little bit more? Can can you pull your your sweater up to cover your shoulders more? Like I used to hear that shit all the time. Or do you think you can pull your skirt down a little bit more? It looks like it's riding up. Like hearing shit like that all the time. And it's like, okay, but you were literally just sexualizing my body like 20 seconds ago. And now you feel guilty about it. So now you have to come and uh, and project your guilt onto me now. 
And I feel like that yeah, was tell you what to do. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like that has, that's my experience now when it comes to church, uh, in, in a, in the concept of modesty. Um, and then in high school, I kind of want to go back into, into that area of my life because even today I've really been reflecting on my experience in high school and I don't think I've given like the whole story. It's really kind of not interesting, but, um, the whole story of me going to a high school within the society of St. Pius X, which is a traditional Roman Catholic, um, Latin mass church. And the school was about a hundred students K through 12. It was a really small school. Um, and our uniforms were long plaid skirts, blouses, a vest and a necktie. I hated it. Wow. <laughs> and our skirts had to cover our knees, everything like our vest made it look like we were flat chested. Like it was, uh, very strict. And, um, being at this school, I remember it, I was there for a year and a half and I always was very, outcasted like everyone knew I was like the I'm the original baddie like I'm the original Catholic baddie because everyone looked at me and knew my background they knew um through gossip they knew who I was how I looked outside of school due, due to social media Um, I didn't conform to this. Like I went to school and I put on a show of how I was supposed to look and I went home, put on my jeans, listened to whatever music I want, uh, talk to my boyfriends, do whatever the fuck I wanted. Right. However, I still felt, um, that spiritual intuition that I've always had it come through. So it was a lot of, uh, it was like, like the two, like two sides of my brain just fighting against each other because I would go to church and I would feel this connection with God or I would have an experience of like being with my friends or, or, or something or seeing a beautiful scenery. And I just always felt so connected to God. Like it was almost like God was just like right next to me, like all the time. And I felt so comforted by that. Like just, I felt so divinely connected to God, but then to go to church or go to school and have to put up with whatever weekly daily bullshit I had to go through of people judging me or getting in trouble for stupid shit. Um, and then me getting kicked out of the school because they basically said I, I wasn't good enough. My, my moral standards were off the rockers. Like I, I just was not fit to be in that school. I was doing more harm, harm than good for this other students at the school and for them to not even acknowledge the fact that I had such a powerful connection to God and they didn't even notice that. And they just looked at all of the surface level shit. I was 15, 16 years old. I was a fucking kid. I was a teenager doing teenager things and they looked at that version of me and that overrided, overrid all like everything else. Like my connection to God was thrown out the window. And I think that's where I have even now, like right now speaking about my connection with God, I don't think my connection with God has ever been the same since that experience. It was like, they ruined that for me. And I don't want to be sitting here like victim mentality, like, oh, they they ruined that. It's all their fault. However, it, it's true. They, they took that from me. And that is why I don't think I will ever be able to have the same relationship with that sort of culture again. Yeah. And I think like, this is why I feel I, I, I've like, I only have words to say this because I only really like made this connection, like literally in the last few weeks, but I feel like my brain has never been able to connect the Catholic religion with spirituality because I never experienced anything spiritual within the Catholic religion. And in fact, as you said, it seems that from our experiences, it seems that the Catholic Church is way more concerned with 
the really surface level aspects of people's lives more so than people's spiritual health. Yeah, I it's something. Yeah, we've I've experienced that firsthand. I, I it's it's a real thing that happens every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, it's like it's not practicing what how Jesus lived in the in the Bible. It, it's not like all the people coming together from all different walks of life, um, different jobs, different you know, mm-hmm. different cultural upbringings, uh, different classes, uh, health, like all of that. You know, people coming together um, and being family because that's mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be is being God's family. And yeah. we were taught from our own family. We were taught from our own family, from our own parents, and then from the family of the church that it's all conditional love. It's all based around these really trivial things that you do or you don't do. And if you don't check those boxes, then you're kicked out. You're not allowed. You're not welcome. And it's so fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. So fucked up. It is. So let's branch off a little bit into right now today this very second Mm -hmm. I'm just kidding um how do you (laughs) feel how do you feel like you're doing spiritually right now or this season in your life I mean kind of a dumpster fire (laughs) but again I think that's also just because like um life has been so demanding of me lately like just uh you know work and just being a mom and, and not just all the all the daily boring shit that we all go through, you know, just mm-hmm. being in a being in a capitalist society and the imperialist nation of America and the world's crumbling apart and Ukraine's being invaded and we're in a pandemic, you know, it's like all of those things are so consuming to me right now that honestly I feel like my spiritual health is just a fucking dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Um I think think that like for me this week I kind of felt like I got to this breaking point where I was like okay like what can I do like the world feels so like it's falling apart around us right now and everything feels so hopeless and it's like what can I do right now and it's like I realized that like the only thing I can do right now is to get my household to just feel like a safe and peaceful and serene place and that's why I kind of was like okay like I need to clean like I physically cleaned the house and like opened the windows and like swept all the dirt out while simultaneously like envisioning that I was sweeping out all the like negative energy in the house and any demons or negative entities that were lodged in here um you know, I like literally Niagara falled my house with holy water. Like I actually still have a little bottle of holy water from St. George's back in Illinois. So yeah, somehow through all of my moving, like, I don't know, somehow through all of my cross country moves to different States and downsizing somehow, I still had this like little bottle of holy water. It has followed me. So, uh, I like, I know, like, I really don't have much in my life anymore, but somehow this bottle from St. George of holy water, I I have it. So I like doused my house in holy water. Um, I took both holy water and um, like essential oils, like essential oils that have like protective properties. I took both of them together, you know, mixed Christian with witch. (laughs) And I like literally like anointed all of the windows and the doorways to our house Um, I said prayers, both Christian prayers and pagan prayers. And then, um, a few years ago I went through a training course. Um, it's called, it's called the Seraphim Blueprint. And basically what it is, cause it's, I'm really rusty on it, but basically what it is, is you go through this, this course where you become initiated your body becomes a conduit and you become initiated into being able to channel these energies from seraphim angels. And um, so I have not really been practicing all of the prayers and things that go along with that. But one of the practices that I got initiated into in these courses was being able to install an energy grid in an enclosed space. And I actually had one in my last house. And Agnes, like you lived in my, or you lived in my last house for a while. Like, I mean, would you say the energy felt good in there? Yeah, I love, I I mean, I I loved being there. 
I loved, yeah, I loved the energy in our house. And I, I credit that actually to, um, I installed a few years ago an energy grid in that house. Um, and it's like a 15 minute long meditation practice that you do. And you invite Sarah from angels into the house. You appoint them to stay, stand guard at the doorways. And you basically like create this whole energy grid in the house. And the energy grid is meant for both physical well, well, from physical, emotional, and spiritual health. So it really makes it like a heal, a place of healing. So I installed that energy grid here in the house. And I think for me, it was just really nice to sit and meditate. And I had binaural beats going and it just, and there was like, I had burned, you know, sage and Palo Santo. I had anointed everything with holy water and essential oils and, it just like felt so good because again, it's like the world's falling apart, but this is like the one thing that I can do right now is to just mm -hmm. take the space where we sleep and where we're supposed to recharge from life and just make it feel good again. So wow. that's where I'm at. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really hoping that it just, that's sort of like a first step in me being able to just feel better spiritually. Mm -hmm. So how about you, Agnes? Where are you at spiritually? I feel like that's such a weird question. I know I asked it first. <laughs> um, I feel I feel pretty good. Um, I was I'm just reminded right now. Before I said I was gonna say two things, and I forgot the other one, but now I remember. Um, mm -hmm. When you move, you go through this this season of trauma. It's a real thing. We were just having you and I were oh, just yeah. having a conversation about this. And mm. I, I really can look back and see um, the, pro the progress that I've made spiritually. And 2021 was a good year for me. It was a lot of change. And literally everything that I had manifested that year came true. And I hold so much gratitude for that year. And I really grew and looking back at that year, I don't hold any sort of judgment for myself. Like I, I really am so proud of that, of myself for being able to, uh, do what I did that year. And then I moved at the end of 2021. And I feel like a lot of that work that I had done came like crashing down because moving, let's face it, it's fucking stressful. Like even if it feels like it's not a stressful thing, like if you're, if you have a lot of money and you hire movers and you have this whole thing, it can still be stressful because you're moving into this new space. You have to create a new life for yourself, a new routine for yourself, and you have to then find yourself again in this new surrounding. And that was very mm -hmm. difficult for me because everything about my life had changed in like the span of two weeks. My decision to move happened in like a week and then I moved and I got a new job. I started school and everything was changing and I felt so much like it's just like craziness like coming out of me like like I and we've talked about it like in past episodes where I'm like I feel like crazy like I'm always so stressed out and like these little trivial things just like bother me so much but I can kind of see I've been living here for I don't even fucking know like three months now and I can like kind of feel like the dust the dust settling and um being able to now like like I was saying before like focus on uh okay now I'm in this home and um, how I, everything I, I moved in and my life is established. I feel comfortable with my new routines. Now let's, let's, uh, sit here and think about how we feel about everything and just kind of like these different processes of grief of grief. And that, I mean, that's pretty mm -hmm. much what moving is. So I, yeah, like I'm at a point now where I, I feel a lot better. Like my, I'm not as tired as I was before. And now I feel like I'm ready to go back and like focus more on my spirituality and things that like make me feel good. And uh, a few things that I have been practicing now is um, meditation. I've been trying to do that more often just because like I really like I'm not your 
like like the type of person that meditates every day like I, I cannot do that like it's so hard for me to even sit down like once a month and like meditate like I will admit that like it's fucking hard for me at least and or listening to music that makes me feel good and also paying attention to the type of music that I'm listening to because there's a lot of music that feels good in the sense that it has like a nice beat but if you listen to the lyrics like they're very negative and a lot of the words can really manifest bad things into your life um I remember seeing a TikTok video about that uh back in like 2021 or 2020 when um the song I don't remember what it's called I'm not gonna fucking sing it because I can't sing but it's the lyrics are I know I'm fucked up I'm just a loser and it was like one of like the most popular TikTok songs. Everyone was singing it. And I remember like saving the song and I'm like singing it, like driving with it. I was obsessed with it because it's an upbeat song. But someone made a TikTok and they're like, this song is the worst thing to do ever do for your mental health because you're literally manifesting that you're fucked up and that you're a loser. So I, I mean, sometimes like sometimes if I hear the song, like I can't help it. Like it's so like good, but I, it's also your intentions and like being uh, aware of the things that you're saying and the things that other people are saying around you um, is really important. And that, so that's like some stuff that I've been doing, um, meditating and uh, Margaret and I have, I, I don't know if I talked about this with you. Did I lose my, my fucking trail of thought? Like worth who I talk to about what, but I have like a really big, oh, I do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I probably repeat everything I've ever said on here, like a million times. <laughs> but, um, I think with this new age of TikTok, um, I actually saw a TikTok about this yesterday as well, where TikTok actually causes so much harm to our attention span I oh can God, yeah. I cannot watch a movie. I can't. I cannot sit down and watch a movie anymore. I used to be obsessed with movies. And I'm at a point now where I actually feel more attracted to shows than I do for movies because shows are more fast-paced. Then I, I, I yeah, I can feel like like it depends on the show, but for a lot of shows that I do watch, things are a lot of things are happening at once in like each episode, mm-hmm. so I feel more intrigued by it. And there's like a million different characters and a million different stories versus like a movie. It's like kind of like one main story and it drags on for two hours. I cannot like pay attention without like going on my phone and scrolling through Instagram. I simultaneously switch between watching Instagram reels and TikTok reels all the time. I'll just sit there back and forth, back and forth. I'll literally be on the toilet, just back and forth, back and forth, like watching because I'm just like, I'm so and you know, you know me, I'm, I'm not afraid to call myself out on anything, but I am so fucking addicted to my phone and just speed. I just need speed in my life. So I have been really trying and now that I'm aware, I, I mean, I'm probably, I, I'm not going to, I don't know. I'm a very aware person. And I sound like last night, for example, I'm like, I want to, while I'm washing my face and getting ready for bed, I want to watch my show while I'm doing it because that's what I always do. But instead I um, am really like contradicting my habits um, by trying to just make better decisions about what, what, what I'm being entertained by and what I'm spending my time with. So instead I like went on YouTube and was, I was listening to like an angelic frequency. Um, So there's like different things that you can do to help uh, counteract those, those, those unhealthy habits. Um, And another one is downloading, downloading Audible. So that's something that Margaret and I talked about, I think in our 20th episode, I downloaded Audible and Mm -hmm. that has actually really helped me on like listening to audiobooks. It helps like soothe this part of my brain that feels like I need constant entertainment all the time. And Yes, it is like 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 uh, psychologically, I guess, better to read a book versus listen to a book or educationally. But it is also like a matter like spiritually. I'm at a point where I'm just trying to take the steps to um, make better decisions about how I'm spending my time and who I'm spending my time with and and 
yeah, all of that. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I really like my, I really kind of grabbed onto what you were saying about like music too. Like there's TikTok, which is so fast paced. And then we have like all this music too that have very toxic lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this gives me permission to have a mini spoiler alert, you know, <laughs> that, um, that I'm actually collaborating with some other musicians right now. And, and, you know, this'll, I'll be able to talk more about this in a couple of months, but Mm -hmm. that I'm collaborating with some other musicians and we're currently working on creating music with conscious and spiritual messages and lyrics, because that's a problem. A lot of the trending songs right now, a lot of the music that's playing when you really listen to the lyrics, it's very harmful, Mm -hmm. Um, very toxic messages, very um, not positive affirmation. It's the opposite. They're negative affirmations. And we're trying to create new conscious music that, that is good and uplifting and and powerful Mm -hmm. in a, in a very, um, conscious and spiritual way so yeah oh I love that I'm so <laughs> excited for you guys too I know yeah okay now we have to think about what we're grateful for Margaret this should be a good thing after we just talked all about spirituality we, we oh, need yeah. to be in a space of gratitude <sighs> yes and like I've said before I think that I think that gratitude is the, it's like the perfect formula to manifestation. And there's too many people that expect the universe to just hand them whatever they want without them settling down and taking a moment and really just, even if you're unhappy and what you're experiencing right now, being able to literally sit there and just think to yourself like, what are the small little things that I am grateful that the universe has already given to me and being able to identify that. And then again, going back and then manifesting to the universe and saying, thank you for all of this that you're given me. Now give me more. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But being able to, um, yeah, be grateful. Anyways, Margaret, what are you grateful for this beautiful Saturday morning? Well, I think what I'm grateful for right now, what I've been grateful for this week is just that we're safe right now. Like we're all mm. like, I'm safe. My family's safe. You're safe, especially with all the news right now of Putin invading Ukraine. So yeah. it's just my heart. Like I've been so emotional this week, like just feeling what's happening over there. But at the same time, I'm, I'm just trying to really also f- um, feel gratitude that we're yeah. safe right now. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Agnes? Well, I feel a little different when it comes to the whole situation over in Ukraine. Obviously, I'm I'm extremely grateful that we are safe and there are other people that are extremely unsafe right now and my heart goes out to them. But I'm also very afraid as well because um, my husband's in the military and I we have two brothers that are in the military and every time stuff like this comes around I feel so much fear I back when right before COVID began um, my brother was in Afghanistan when we had that whole issue with Iraq and that was terrifying for me to uh, be able to or just really think about how it can directly affect me and the people around me. So that's a little bit scary. I really hope that things don't uh, escalate and everyone is safe. But regardless, I th- yeah, I think that I'm as well grateful that we're safe. And um, I'm grateful that uh, people are standing up against this situation. And um, even seeing videos and stuff of protests in, Ma- in Moscow and how in, even in Russia, people are saying no to this war and that uh, a lot most people are aware of the consequences of war. And um, I remember seeing on Instagram this sign from the past. Someone said fighting or fighting a war is like f- or, or fighting a war for peace is like fucking for virginity. That's all I have to say. Damn. Yeah. Damn. (sighs) Anyways.
we believe in the power of taking even one minute a day to breathe and find gratitude in the little things. Wherever you are, if you are able, close your eyes, take a deep breath in and out, and reflect on something that you are grateful for today. We are so honored that you could join us in this discussion today, and we hope you have a beautiful week. If you enjoyed today's Unrefined Woman podcast episode, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. To check out other episodes, please visit our website at unrefinedwoman.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. To stay in the loop and receive access to additional content, please follow us on TikTok, username unrefinedwoman, and on Instagram at unrefinedwomanpodcasts. Special thanks to Walter Birdsong for the album cover, Margaret Rainey for our podcast music, Andrew Cioni for our gratitude prompt music, and Sean Butcher for editing and production. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.